0: Welcome to ClinPharmPod. I'm Elena Webster, Deputy Managing Editor for the ASCPT Family of Journals. My guest today is Dr. Stephanie Hennig, Consultant for Sotera in Australia, and Associate Editor of CPT, Pharmacometrics, and Systems Pharmacology. Thanks for joining me today, Stephanie. Thank you for inviting me to the podcast. So far in this series, we've covered conflicts of interest, what editors find most helpful in a peer review, and what isn't useful to them. And as a reminder to our listeners, all of those episodes are available on our podcast site. Today, we're going to walk through what happens after a review is submitted. Uh, But first, I'd like to ask you the standard question for this series. How do you think peer review contributes to sound science? And why is it so important to the success of not only ASCPT's journals, but scholarly and scientific journals in general?
1: I think peer review is crucial in science, and especially now that the turnaround times of research review publications seem to have gone quicker and quicker and quicker. It's I think it is a very crucial step to get an author's work properly scientifically re- reviewed before it's published. You know, the, the article will be there forever. So I think it's good, good to check. Um, that the science is solid and robust and it's able to stand up to some external questions as well. Also, as an associate editor, I don't necessarily have expertise that's sufficient to check all these things on every paper that comes across my desk. I I do uh, some research on some of the topics myself before I select reviewers and, and look around. I certainly do that for all. But it doesn't make me an expert on the topic that I can really in-depth review this uh, myself. So I think it's important that it, it gets looked at externally. It gets to, goes to um, experts in, in the area and that some fresh eyes look at this. You know, as an author myself, I, I see sometimes that a review brings something up that I've overlooked for you know two years working on this piece. And I think it's very good because also the other thing I find peer review doesn't just necessarily look at what's wrong with a manuscript. I think it also looks at, you know, how, how does this paper move us forward within our field of science and how we can increase maybe the potential of a, of a manuscript. So a reviewer might pick up, look, I really like this as a key message. I have never heard about that. I think peer review yeah is, is like a second chance for your paper to make it look nicer and, and improve it and get your message, message
0: message across. I like that. I like the second chance idea. So as an associate editor for PSP, um, if you've received all the reviews for a paper you're handling, what's your next step? so first of all I
1: guess I I read all the reviews quite carefully I check them against the manuscript uh, that was submitted I often also take notes myself um, before either before I send it out to reviewers or while it's under review by them and I I check against the notes that I had made for myself sometimes most of these have been covered by the reviewers and and sometimes I also check if it's still relevant um, if I just didn't get something and then I consolidate that Um, I would then see if there are some specific key points for a manuscript that are made by either one of them, or sometimes it's both the reviewers that often pick up one or two key points. And sometimes I try and summarize these for the authors, because sometimes if reviewers leave lots and lots of comments, or if you have more than two reviewers, the the whole comments can be quite overwhelming. And I think it looks like three pages of comments. Ah! what do I do with this? And I think as a associate, editor, it's sometimes good to put it together. Having lots of comments, I don't think it's ever bad news. I think it's just showing interest in the area. It's interest in improving the manuscript, and it's all bad. And there are cases where I might have a review that is very positive and a review that is not as positive or or actually quite negative about a manuscript so then in these cases when that happens then I'll have a look at do reviewers come from different backgrounds and maybe there was a clinical expertise reviewer who really liked the messaging and there was maybe a modeling expertise reviewer who didn't quite like the model so that's why there could be a difference in these ones and maybe that can be uh, rearranged but I might have to find another reviewer for that
0: how heavily do you weight reviewers' opinions when making your decision about a manuscript? For most pipers,
1: I try and pick reviewers which have expertise within the area. And I trust them most of the time to be more knowledgeable than myself. If they are general experts, even if they are general experts or not, not specific experts, they often have spent a lot more time looking at a particular paper uh, than I have. I generally often go by the advice that was given to myself a long time ago, um, where somebody said, if you ask somebody for their feedback and their advice or their input, uh, you should consider that carefully and not just ignore it, just because you don't like it. If I ask some people to review a paper, I read carefully what they've got to say. The other thing to consider is also that reviewers are not paid, they're doing this voluntarily. It's quite a time-consuming job. I guess we've all been in that position before. So while I see, I see personally a lot of benefits in reviewing a manuscript uh, as a reviewer, however, it it is often a job that gets piled on top of your regular list, and it's not really rewarded enough. I think that sometimes I and the authors might not agree with a particular opinion of a reviewer, I think they still deserve to be listened to carefully. And, you know, and sometimes you get this out of the box opinion and it can be quite helpful to your manuscript or can trigger some other new ideas in the next manuscript. There might be cases where a reviewer says like, look, I don't have really good expertise in that area. And there are some sections within the online system where you can put that comment down as a reviewer that only goes to the associate editor and a reviewer can then say like i i can't comment on the method but i think clinically that paper is great and a great addition to the community and then i know that you know like i that this in which way that in which way i can weigh the reviewers comments and suggestions that they're not really on the modeling part that they're clinically and it can be vice versa as well it can be you know a methodology person saying like I think methodology is really sound. I don't know if that's an addition that's worth publishing from the clinical ideas. So if if I get these inputs from
0: reviewers, then I can also uh, weigh there in, in, in that perspective. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so... As you're reading through a review, are there any kinds of comments that are red flags to you, things you don't feel would be appropriate? And if so, what do you do about those? I think I've been lucky enough to not have seen any comments so far. Um, and I think that really
1: speaks uh, of the ways within our scientific community that I have not seen comments that that would raise red flags. As mentioned before, I have seen conflict reviews uh, reviews from, from two different uh, reviewers. One might love it the other one doesn't quite, and then I try and mediate that somewhat. If, in the case, I would see kind of a red flag comment, I would raise that with the editor-in-chief or with the editorial team, and we could discuss that and also discuss the, the next steps. But look, overall, I mainly had really
0: helpful reviewer comments and very constructive reviews so far. I'm sure our reviewers are glad to hear that as well. So when you get a revision, um, do you always send it back to all the reviewers? Would you maybe ever send it back to just one reviewer? Or why would you not go back to the reviewers?
1: There are a lot of different scenarios. Um, sometimes the, the it really depends on the initial comments to start with as well. And if there were simple comments and there are minor changes to make and they are they're clear questions, clear answers, clear changes made in the manuscripts accordingly. Look, there is no need to waste anybody's time and I can move on and uh, the manuscript can be accepted and I can move forward. The other way around, there has been major comments and lots of changes made. Then I do often send it back to the reviewers. It might also, in these cases, like, lead to a change in the overall message of the manuscript. If there's a lot of changes made, then it's nearly new content and a new manuscript. It sometimes does change a little bit direction, and I think then it's just for the reviewers to see it again if they still agree with how it evolved, basically. And other cases where I might send it back to reviewers is when the reviewers have made a specific um, comment or a specific. A request for a change but rather ask the question to the authors about it something like oh that's intriguing i didn't know i like i I didn't see this before or doesn't it usually go this way or that way or something like that where it stimulates a bit of a discussion and you can end up with like a bit of a QA and a situation between reviewers and, and authors and it's really good for the reviewer to get the answer back and they might have asked this question genuinely to, to learn and now even, even if for me as an associate editor the response from the authors have ticked everything off and I think it's been addressed appropriately. The manuscript now looks fine in that regard. I'd still send it back to the reviewer to let them know like, look, this is the answer, and do you want to comment further? Are you you satisfied with this? Or a bit like a scientific discourse happening there. And in, in sometimes in these cases, I might also, you know, still accept the manuscript outright. And if I do this, and there was an interesting question or discourse, I think it's fair for the reviewers to get the answers back, even if I've accepted and moved the manuscript forward.
0: I agree. I think that continuing the education, you know, kind of on both sides of that exchange is really great. Uh, Well, Stephanie, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast and I appreciate your expertise. Is there anything you'd like to add before we wrap up? I guess I'd just like to to write again that
1: I I really appreciate everyone who's reviewing manuscripts and providing very helpful feedback to me And it helps me as an associate editor, but also I think it helps the authors and the journal a lot, improve the the quality of the science that we publish. I also think that I find that not just academics uh, can contribute to peer review, but I I can see more and more uh, people in industry, they drive innovation and the application as well. So I'd like to invite more of these people to, to come forward and review thank you very much again for inviting me to this podcast. I hope I have could clarify some of the questions.
0: I think you absolutely have. Oh, and to Stephanie's point, if any of you are interested in reviewing for any of our journals, please just get in touch with the journal staff and we can get you put into our database. Thanks again, Stephanie. I've really enjoyed having you. Thank you for listening to ClinFarmPod. Be sure to check out past episodes while you're here, and remember to visit ASCPT.org for updated podcast releases, our latest webinars, and the most recent issue of all three journals.